Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. This 10th year of Daily Tech News Show is made possible by its listeners. Thanks to all of you, including DeGracia A. Daniels, Erwin Sturt, Ken Hayes, and we have a new patron, Aisha. Welcome, Aisha. On this episode of DTNS, threads may be coming to a regional area near you. RCS gets a lot more love, and Google has some big announcements of its own. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, November 30th, 2023. From Studio Secret Bunker, I'm Sarah Lane. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm Rob Dunwood. From Austin, Texas, I'm Justin Robert Young. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Uh, We have all sorts of great political stuff to talk about, and it's good Mm. because Justin Robert Young is with us today. Uh, But as always, we start with the quick hits, so let's do that now. CEOs from companies like Meta, TikTok, Snap, Discord, and X are all set to testify in front of the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee on what the committee calls failure to protect children online. Social media's negative impact on young people's mental health has been increasingly concerning for both parents and lawmakers. Meta and TikTok CEOs specifically are appearing voluntarily, but Senators Dick Durbin and Lindsey Graham expressed frustration with the CEOs from Snap, Discord, and X for appearing only after being subpoenaed. Sam Altman is officially back as CEO of OpenAI, and Microsoft now joins the company's nonprofit board with a non-voting observer seat. OpenAI's new board includes its chair, Brett Taylor, plus Larry Summers, and Adam D'Angelo, the only previous board holdover. OpenAI co-founder Ilya Sutkover did not keep his board seat, according to Altman, but will remain at the company. Bloomberg also reports that OpenAI will continue a plan to let employees sell shares in the company through what's known as a tender offer. Certain investors reportedly dropped out of the tender offer for Following the Altman ouster, employees now have until January 5th to opt in instead of needing to close in early December. At the DealBook Summit in New York on Wednesday, Elon Musk addressed how some advertisers have paused ads on X because of anti-Semitic posts that Musk amplified on the platform. Musk said... If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go bleep yourself. Go bleep yourself. Is that clear? I think it's clear because he said it twice. He then singled out Disney CEO Bob Iger, who was in the audience, saying, Hi, Bob. Musk also said that others would boycott those advertisers if they thought the advertisers killed the company. 
RoboTaxi company Cruise announced plans to start operating again last week. The subsidiary of GM also plans to cut spending by hundreds of millions of dollars, according to GM chair and CEO Mary Barra. Specifics on how Cruise plans to operate differently is set for the coming weeks, but the spending cuts are expected to result in widespread layoffs of Cruise 3,800 employees. U.S.-based real estate service Fidelity National Financial, sometimes known as FNF, disclosed that it is contained a recent cyber attack that caused havoc for about a week. In an SEC filing, FNF said that the incident has been under control since November 26th, after first occurring on November 21st, and it's restoring normal business with its customers. All right, let's talk about the expansion of threads. Justin, I know this is your favorite topic. Oh, the Wall yeah. Street Journal reports that threads, that's Meta's microblogging platform, often compared to as a direct competitor to X, is going to launch in the European Union in December. This is Threads' largest expansion since its debut back in July in the U.S. and certain other markets when it became available. But e-regulations have forced Meta to work a little bit differently in this particular market. The company will give users the choice to use Threads without needing to link to an existing profile on Facebook or Instagram. That's how I signed up for it. And allows users to make their own posts more or less from scratch. So if you want to be part of the Threads team, you don't necessarily have to be part of the meta team as it stands now. Threads in the EU could lead to upwards of 40 million additional monthly users for the platform in 2024. You know, Threads had a big uptick. You know, all the headlines, you know, a week later were like, we can't believe how many people have signed up for Threads. A lot of that had to do with the fact that people just had Facebook and Instagram accounts already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the, and then uh, growth sort of stalled a bit. And everybody at Thread said, no, we know we, we're we're building slowly. So, Justin, what do you what do you make of this? I think that they're going to add a lot of people. I think that Threads and Meta has a tremendous uh, audience advantage to get people on a platform. The question is whether or not the platform is worth it. And before I get into anything critical, let me say that my standard position on all of this is that we are going to live in an increasingly balkanized world when it comes to social media. it's going to be same as it ever was. When we first came onto the internet, there were a million little message boards and everybody had their own little reason to be on it. We're going to have the same thing, but it's going to be social media instead of just text. That being said, threads is not culturally relevant. Threads is a tech story. Threads is not influencing news. It's not influencing culture. And for whatever the chaos that is happening on X and whether or not it's being mismanaged, which I do think it is, that is culturally relevant. So if we're going to measure success by that, by whether or not people are paying attention, then threads is not something that matters. Now, Facebook, or sorry, Meta is an ad company, an ad sales company. Will they be able to monetize threads better than X is being able to? Uh, while the CEO is currently hurling expletives at advertisers? Quite possibly. Yes. I agree with what you're saying in spirit. I, I, I do think, however, threads is coming. It's you know, I think sometimes we forget this thing is only six months old. It's it's mm-hmm. it's it's a baby. So 
to compare it feature to feature to uh, you know to X, you can't really do that yet. To compare it to being the you know the, the you know the 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 social uh, water cooler, so to speak, the the, the mm-hmm. town square, um, it, it it needs it needs more than six months to become that. Um, but I can tell you from my personal experience, my use of threads has increased exponentially probably over the last, I'd say, month to six weeks. And I'm not alone. There are many people who I now see on this platform that I used to converse with in the other place that I'm now conversing with here. Yeah, I, I think what has struck me as interesting with threads specifically, even though you got Blue Sky, you got Mastodon, you have mm-hmm. lots of other social networks that also are competing with X uh, for people who either just want to try something out or don't want to be on X at all. Um, threads now has folks that I like and follow and care about what they're saying exclusively posting on threads now doesn't mean that everybody is doing that certainly not the case um and you still have you know all the fun stuff about the old twitter you know late night twitter or sports twitter you know there's all sorts that doesn't exist on threads at least as far as what i'm seeing now but i feel like people are starting to dedicate a lot more time to making it that that identical place and again like you said rob this is in the first six months of it being a thing at all can I push back a little bit on that? Uh, uh, tell me about Facebook Watch's uh, uh, fifth birthday. L- l- tell me about all these other features <laughs> that have been started by this company and then abandoned because it didn't get the reach that they wanted. Meta's not in the business of doing small things in the way that Google's very frustratingly not in the business of doing small things. They need scale to sell advertising against. So. Uh, if it's not catching in the way that they want it to, they will kill it or they will just kill it by death of, of a lack of engineers. Here's the tipping point. The second that I see on X a screen grab of something that has been taken from threads that is not posted on X and it goes viral there on X, then I will believe that something is happening over there that is not currently happening on the platform that I pay the most attention to. Uh-huh. Because right yeah, now I mean, that is not happening. You see that on Instagram, but you don't really oh, see yeah. that on Threads. Well, I, yeah, I don't know what their support is for images, but uh, you know, because I, I haven't yeah, been on there. Screenshots. I, I, I logged out, and then I, I have not bothered to log back in. Although Instagram does show me tantalizingly uh, uh, posts of people on Threads that are no longer on X that I am friends with, <laughs> and whenever I click there, it says log into Threads, and I say, eh, I'll get to it. So Meta is also warning that foreign governments such as Russia, Iran and China will continue to curb uh, inauthentic messaging campaigns from various social media accounts heading into the worldwide elections in 2024. But Meta also says the U.S. government has stopped proactively sharing information with social networks, which often covers up major nation state influencer operations. Yeah, so, Justin, we're heading into a pretty wild 2024. Um, you know, how how much does stuff like this move the needle as far as messaging and making sure that people are getting real messages? By way of every expert in this field, the way that foreign governments disrupt places that they want to disrupt is by amplifying hysterical, ridiculous commentary about issues big and small. So, Mm -hmm. considering the fact that I have not been on this show because I was in Europe, one of the places I was at was in Liverpool. I will quote one of their favorite sons. War is over if you want it. 
if you don't <laughs> want to be manipulated by misinformation, then please discount and absolutely stop yourself from posting hysterical, half-informed opinions because that is easy to replicate and easy to manipulate. That is what is coming. You can educate yourself by just being very, very sober and saying, maybe I shouldn't post right now. There is yet more meta news today. Uh, Meta's in the news today. The company sued the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, FTC, in Washington federal court over claims that its in-house trials violate the U.S. Constitution. Meta also asked a court to halt the FTC's bid to change a 2020 privacy settlement. This was the second attempt by Meta to block the proceeding in court. Justin, what what does your gut say about how successful Meta will be in this? I think they need to do it because they need to push back against it. But uh, this is going to get settled down the road. So let's switch gears a little bit. It's been a big month for rich communication services. A few weeks ago, Apple announced that it is bringing RCS to the iPhone sometime in 2024. And today, Google announced that over 1 billion monthly active users use RCS via Google Messages. It's likely that Apple finally decided to add their protocol to the iPhone because the EU is likely to classify iMessage as a gatekeeper status, meaning that by law, Apple would have to make inter- or should say iMessage interoperate with other messaging platforms. But iMessage isn't the only service to be classified with gatekeeper status yeah so meta's messenger and also whatsapp are also classified with gatekeeper status so they are also going to have to interoperate with other messaging platforms um you you know going forward does this mean that rcs should be the protocol that all messaging platforms use to communicate since it's also a standard protocol backed by the gsma a lot of people say yes Justin Robert Young, what do you say? <laughs> uh, I have very complicated feelings on this. Number one, I am a uh, blue bubble supremacist, and and I do. I uh, was upset on my holiday that I had to realize that there was going to be some element of erosion with the green <laughs> bubble people. Uh, but with that being said, uh, I, I I do think that this is it's frustrating. Uh, obviously, there is not an industry that the EU does not believe that they can regulate. Uh, uh, and when they're done regulating that, they'll regulate it again. Uh, I don't think that RCS is a secure standard. And I don't know if these gatekeeper statuses are particularly helpful uh, going forward if we want to look at uh, making the mobile web better. I don't think that cementing RCS makes the mobile web better. So, Justin, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, RCS is not in the insecure. That that is one of the big problems with it. Um, and I, I was I was thinking about a platform like Signal. S- Signal. I used to use it a lot. It's very very secure. But one of the one of the benefits to it that at least on Android, it you could use it as your default SMS application. And I believe just over a year ago, at least October last year. They got rid of SMS. Now, the reason they said this was because SMS was just so insecure that, you know, being a security platform or security a security messaging service, they just didn't want to continue to support that uh, that protocol. But if they were to add RCS, it's kind of like, eh, well, you're going backwards because there is no, at least not right now, there's no in-in encryption in mm-hmm. the spec. So 
I'm just, I'm just curious, you know, does, does it make sense for, all, you know, if the EU says that you, if you're a gatekeeper, you have to interoperate, it probably makes sense that RCS would be the thing since it is a protocol that is run by the GSMA and not by any one individual company. But it's kind of like, you know, RCS right now, unless you're using Google's platform and you're doing so much of it, not inside of RCS, you're doing it inside of Google's messaging app. It's just not that great of a protocol. It's, I mean, it's been around for a while now and it's, it's, it's kind of old hat. So I'm just wondering, you know, what are these companies going to do? Is RCS the thing for them? Yeah, in a perfect world. And I always go back to Trillion in my Windows days oh. where it was like. You know, you just you just talk to whoever's online. I don't care where you're coming from because we can all connect various chat services through Trillion. I know that this is different. But in a perfect world, this just is possible. Like, give me the iOS app that helps me do that. Give me the Android app that helps me do that. You know, or something that's baked into either OS or both. Um, that is the perfect world. But... As you were mentioning, Rob, Signal saying, yeah, that's not really what we do, though. Like, our specialty is to be a lot more secure than that. They have a point. Um, RCS isn't the end-all, be-all. It's going to help some folks, for sure. Uh, but, uh, but that's not what a lot of these companies built their apps on. They built their apps on, you know, bypassing what is, was sort of available, but not that great. I want to thank you guys for building in so many of my greatest hits into my first show back. Hating on Android, uh, uh, hating on threads, where like Sacha Mania and hashtag portal to hell away. Mm. Yeah, from did just Trillion really entire, take you over the edge, Justin? Yeah, just, just my entire favorite uh, list of things to talk about on TNS. <laughs> So, folks, if you would like to stay up to date on the fast-moving world of artificial intelligence, you need to listen to AI Name This Show. It launched during DTNS Experiment Week in August. Each week, Tristan Jetra and Tasia Custody wade through the hype and the doomsaying to keep you informed with the latest news in the AI world. Catch it all at AINamedThisShow.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA, copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone, 
and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So we got some more Google news. Google is still dominating the news today with uh, big time. It's got updates with not only to Android, but also to Wear OS and Google TV devices. Let's start with some non-RCS Google texting updates, Sarah. Yeah, so we've got voice moods, which lets users add backgrounds and animated emoji to voice messages. Not anything super groundbreaking, but it's fun. New reactions for messages are also designed to offer some options besides the standard kind of thumbs up type stuff. And changing chat bubble colors. You hear that, Justin Robert Young? Mm. Yeah, might think they're on iOS after all. It's going to appeal to some folks. Hate it. (laughs) So, yeah, we've also got some AI-generated image descriptions for those with low vision, um, you know, coming out as a new feature. It's called TalkBack and can read out loud descriptions of images from either the Internet or a photo you took yourself. Google is also adding new languages to its live caption feature, which expands on being able to take phone calls without needing to hear the speaker. Yeah, and Google's Wear OS also now lets you control more smart home devices and lights uh, and groups of lights if you have them directly from your watch. So let's say you're away from home and you want to tell your connected smart home devices that you're away so that they do the thing that they're supposed to do. You can do that now. There's also new assistant routines feature uh, that's designed to automate daily tasks Uh, If you have them, assistant at a glance on the watch face itself will show you information that's relevant to your day, such as weather, traffic patterns, things that uh, Wear OS has designated that you are interested in because you interact with it often enough. But Google TV also getting an update. Ten new free channels to choose from further helps you get into... To the ecosystem. I mean, that's Google TV is hoping that you do that. Um, 800 ad supported channels overall at this point. Did not realize uh, there were so many. So, Justin, I uh, and with you being the the unabashed iPhone and Apple person, I have to I have to speak up for the Android side of the world because I'm, I'm an Android user. Please do. And Please I, I just want to say. That Google does some really cool stuff in Android. If, if you can get past the fact that it is not iOS, they do some really cool things on, on the platform. But just beyond what you do on Android, many of these things that Google announced, you can actually do them on an, you know, on an iOS device as well. You can do this on an iPad. You can do mm-hmm. these things, uh, you know, on, on, a, on an iPhone. Google has some really cool services out there that are available to all. And I think they're all adorable. I, I think that they're all just so great, and, and I, I wish the best for all of my Android friends. If we can get to Google TV for a second, uh, Google is an ad company, and it's easy to forget it, but I, I am here to remind you. Yeah. They, I don't think it's easy to forget. Yeah. <laughs> they remind you. Yeah. They get ads, and they sell ads. It's the only reason why they are in business. AdWords has been their golden goose, and everything else that they have done, up to and including YouTube, they've never really been able to turn into the same kind of profit generator that AdWords is. And they face an existential crisis as the value of search 
is at least threatened. We'll, we'll see if it is significantly diminished by the idea of AI going forward. So something like this, a fast channel, which seems to be something that will be a major player in our entertainment landscape going forward, makes a lot of sense for Google. I am now a YouTube TV subscriber, very happily, although they were too good at detecting my VPN in Europe, and I was not pleased with that on Football Sunday. But... Otherwise, I am happy with their service. I think that if they bring that same level of quality to fast channels and are able to leverage their ad sales against it, this is a natural play for them. I think it's a very good idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm a YouTube TV person as well. I, I'm always – I mean, <laughs> trust me, the company does not pay me. I wish they did. But uh, even though the price has gone up since when I first signed up in – 2017, 2018, whenever it was, I was a little late to the game, but I was like, this is amazing. I love it. Great. You know, um, half the time the ads are just weird little interstitial blank um, pages. The Zen. still haven't figured it out. Yeah, the Zen. It's the Zen moment. Yeah. Uh, before football comes back. Yep. Um, all good. You know, it's not going to be like that forever, but it's it's the best, I think, way to replicate some sort of cable situation. Mm -hmm. You have other options. You do. But it it feels just like it's easy onboarding, makes sense, looks like cable, you know, you, you get all you get all the same things. And it's not really cheaper anymore. But Google TV has a lot of ad supported options. Much more than I realized. Um I'm gonna have to dig into that a little bit because uh I I I will I will sit through an ad uh, for free things. That's the thing that I will do. So so here's the thing: fast supported television. You know, um, you know, you know what is it? Free ad supported television. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. actually not bad. There, there's some no. really good content. Um, you know, available on yeah, all the of these Pluto different fast TVs platforms. of the world. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it is actually really good. And it just reminds me of watching TV, you know, you know, back in the, you know, when I was, you know, a kid, like in the eighties, you just commercials just came on and you just yep. watched them. And what's yeah. really nice is that a lot of the content was built for commercials. So the commercials come in right at the right time. It's not like they're just coming on in the middle of somebody saying something. You literally have a, a natural break in the content where a commercial is supposed to be. And then the content comes back. They, oh, yeah. they they're, they're doing it really well and if, if you haven't looked at it yet you probably should do yourself a favor and go take a look at some fast channels because it's as i said it's really good content out there. Well, I mean, and like, even, and like, even our rundown our dtns rundown i mean granted this it's just a rundown that works for us but a lot of us have just been doing this for so long it's like we still build a rundown that technically was sort of based on a 30 minute television show, you know, <laughs> well, with sure. blocks yeah. and breaks, yeah. because that's just we know that that is that's a, a friendly habit that people are used to. And it kind of makes sense. Well, and, and beyond the, the fact that they are leveraging legacy television shows and it makes sense to put an ad for a Kickstarter uh, right between when MacGyver is about to get ripped apart with a bandsaw <laughs> and when he figures out a way to avoid it with a, a straw that he got from McDonald's. Like, like that, that is what it is. But also, there's an existential question about Fast of what is worth it for a 24-hour channel? Because 
in mm. our old cable model, you are thinking about, okay, well, you want certain kind of shows to air during the morning and certain kind of shows to air in the midday, certain kind of shows to air at night, and then whatever graveyard shift slash le- uh, late night television stuff. With Fast, w- the the channels that you hear people talking the most about are like the Godfather trilogy just plays on repeat. So no matter what, you can just turn on you will see one of the Godfathers, yeah. and it'll it, just keep going. Yeah, Godfather 2, Shawshank Redemption, it really yeah. doesn't matter what is happening. If it's on, I'm going to pause and watch at least 20, 30 minutes of it. So, like, you know, I, I have fast on one or two televisions in the house. It just runs. It's just, you know, whatever's yeah. on is just on. Yeah. I, I, well, I think there's it's something, smart. It's, it's the same way I feel about radio in my car, where it's like, this is all on demand. Well, I mean, not every song you're going to hear is, you know, you might have to find it, but especially like sort of talk radio stuff. That's mm-hmm. all That's all a podcast somewhere. I can control all of that myself. I can watch whatever television show, you know, to an extent at any time I want to. But when it's just on and I find it organically, I still feel like, oh, yay, Godfather 2. Okay, let's watch yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, even though it's all sort of in my mind, it feels like a gift. Um, so I, I think a lot of this, the linear stuff is, it's not yet dead. Mostly dead, but not uh, yet uh, dead. Sarah, I feel like this is a live with it in the making. You just, like, you, you, you renounce <laughs> I, YouTube. I live, with, I, you I live without television on demand. Just fast, just, just <laughs> nothing but a month of fast television. You know, I don't hate the idea. And I might... I would probably miss some things and discover a lot of other things. That's yeah. actually a really good one. Mm, I think that yeah. would be that would be a way for you to explore this fast-growing marketplace. Well, something I'm also really good at is being an avoider, uh, particularly when it comes to packing. <laughs> uh, packing for a trip uh, is how my procrastination really rears its best head. Uh, worry not, though. If you're like me and you end up getting real stressed out before trying to make it to the airport five minutes before your flight leaves, Chris Christensen has an app for you. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. I can pack for a weekend trip in about five minutes, and it takes me only about 15 minutes to pack for a three-week trip because I use packing lists. But I know for some people, this is overwhelming. So I've got an app that's going to give you a good start, and that's PackPoint. If you download the PackPoint app, it then asks your gender and then asks where you're going, how long you're going to be there. You're going to have access to laundry, what kind of activities you're going to do, and then comes up with a pretty good starting point for a packing list. If it's a work trip, do you need the laptop? Do you need a VPN key fob? If you're going hiking, what do you need to wear? All of those sorts of things. Check it out. PackPoint. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. I cannot tell you how many times I just was like, oh, screw it. I'll go to Dwayne Reed when I get there and just like buy things. I don't have little shampoo. I just don't have it. I don't want to do this. And let let me tell you, when you're going between (laughs) European airports, they got a whole new different set of rules compared to TSA. You have to take Mm. out your little things and put them in a plastic bag for some reason only through their version of TSA. I couldn't get down to 15 minutes for three weeks just because – I got to go to the dry cleaners and pick stuff up. 
that I didn't think I was going to have to go to the dry cleaners and pick up. I got to wash stuff. I need to iron stuff and fold stuff. So, yeah, for a three-week trip, I'm still looking at a couple of hours, no matter what the app or list, the packing list is for me to use. Yeah. Um, wait, you're, but, wait, hold but on. Wait, Rob, 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 you're doing that before you leave? You're not doing that when you get to where you're going? When I get to where I'm going, I'm I'm relaxing. There's there's no preparation yeah. of clothes <laughs> when I get there. So yeah, I try to make sure all that stuff is done before Rob's I go. Rob's like, I'm not ironing in Hawaii go, once I'm yeah, there. Yeah, I'm, right. yeah I'm, I'm not ironing on vacation if I can avoid it. Oh man, <laughs> I, I I mean I don't iron a lot at at any time. So the only time I have to iron is when it's wrinkled on travel. Um, Well, this uh, might move the needle for some of you as well. Natalie wrote in in our mailbag today. She says, a few days ago, I found my go-to budgeting app, Mint, shutting down at the end of the year. Natalie says, I learned this through a Mint competitor's ad. I haven't received any direct communication from Mint about this. Wanted to ask any of you use a budgeting app that you think would be a good replacement. Natalie says, I'm overwhelmed by the number of options out there. And not looking forward to making the switch. Um, I, I'm i not a Mint user, but I used to be one, Natalie. So I looked up Mint's announcement to see if somehow they just never announced it. They did on sort of their news blog, which I would assume a lot of Mint users just never look at. This was uh, back on October 31st. So it was out there. But uh, if you didn't get a direct email, I could see where you just wouldn't know anything about it. But uh, I wanted to ask uh, the crew here if they have ideas for where Natalie should go. Well, hold on. Before we get to where Natalie should go, Natalie, I am with you. I am a Mint user. I only <laughs> found out about it because I pay attention to tech news. I didn't realize until we were going over your email for this show that I never would have heard about it if it weren't for the fact that part of my living is made by analyzing the tech news. So uh, uh, this is an absolute travesty. I have nowhere to go. Uh, please at reply me at uh, Justin R. Young on Instagram or X and let me know where you're going. Natalie, I follow you. Perhaps, Rob Dunwood, you have somewhere to send Natalie so, and yeah, Justin so, and myself. So, so here's, here's the hard thing. So Mint was free. It was free 99. The, I have not seen anything that is as good as Mint that is free. There are quite a few services. Actually, just if you were to just stay with Quicken for, I think, like $2 a month, you will get a darn good mint replacement. But, um, you know, Quicken or Intuit, they're, they're trying to get you into their premium products that you pay for. And, and that's why mint is going away. It's just it's, it's not something they make money on. So they want to get you over to things that they make money on. So mm-hmm. um, like mm-hmm. I, said, I, I can't think of anything that is free that is good. But if you get into the two to five dollar a month range, I mean, there's a myriad of really good services out there, but they are not free. They do have a charge. Yeah, Intuit is uh, directly sending users or hoping that they they send users to Credit Karma, which is another one of uh, their brands. That I have not used, so I can't tell you if it's good or not. I don't know if anybody else here has used it. But uh, but yeah, it's um, it's always a it's a bummer when something that you enjoy and think works well goes away. But it's a real bummer when that has to do with your personal finances. <laughs> I mean, like this is this that, is that's, a betrayal. You know how we all live, and and also like like into it for the love of uh, all that is holy. 
Mint's such a great brand. I trust Mint. I trust Mint with my bank accounts for years to jettison that brand and then say, no, go to Credit Karma, which sounds like uh, the, the worst version of a Ponzi scheme. Like, I, 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 am, I am blown away by this decision from a branding perspective. Disgusting. Well, uh, so, Justin Robert Young, whether you are disgusted or positively pickled, uh, we're always happy to have <laughs> you on the show. So let us know where else they can keep up with your work. Uh, friends, World's Greatest Con is a uh, podcast from Dog and Pony Show Audio with Brian Brushwood. And we gave a surprise to all of our listeners last week during the Thanksgiving holiday. And for all of your holiday travel needs, a two-part episode on the founding of Epcot. A story that D- is... Disney's Epcot. Yes, Disney. But, but not the Epcot that exists right now. Walt Disney's idea for a planned community, the perfect city that would never stop evolving. And by the way, the reason why Walt Disney World has all of the privileges that wound up becoming a gigantic controversy a few years ago in the state of Florida, it all rests in the new two-part episode from World's Greatest Con, Epcot 1 and 2, available right now on all podcasting platforms. So patrons, stick around for the extended show, Good Day Internet. Whether you live in Burlington, Vermont or not, Spotify Wrapped may apply to you this year. (laughs) Just a reminder, you can catch our show live Monday through Friday. DTNS is live 4 p.m. Eastern at 2100 UTC every weekday. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. We're back doing it all again tomorrow, talking about all the crazy and wild AI chatbots that have taken advantage of OpenAI's custom GPT with AI Name That Shows, Tristan Jucha joining us. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.